Welcome to the If You Build It, Will They Learn podcast, a show dedicated to modern learning and development with your hosts, Daniel Mendoza and Scott Babcock. Welcome to the show. This is If You Build It, Will They Learn. I'm Scott Babcock, and I'm here with your co-host, Daniel Mendoza. You may have noticed now that we've gone video in my background that I am on remote this week. Very excited about that. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, Daniel, how are you doing, though? Doing well, not on remote. Same place I've uh, always been. I got a map behind me of places I, I have been or would like to go, but you are actually somewhere. So, Yeah, I keep, uh, as I've been talking to Sabrina and Daniel, they have mentioned that uh, this looks like one of those pre-built recorded backgrounds. Uh, I wanted to just quickly, since we are on video, show you that, nope, that's a real background. Uh it does look a bit like I'm cut into it, but uh, this is all real. So I'm in Florida this week. Uh, kids have spring break. We thought, let's see a change of scenery again. So uh, what we want to do today, though, is uh, talk a little bit about uh, the creativity of virtual environments and virtual worlds. So uh, it felt, felt fitting that I would escape to somewhere else, uh, a little, little change in reality for us. And we want to expand on that a little bit today. So uh, without further ado, let's jump right into it. All right, so let's let's spend some time. We'll just uh, I know we've talked about virtual environments and conferences and events that are going on in the world as people aren't able to congregate together uh, the way that we used to. Um, let's talk a little bit about what a virtual event is, though, and then we'll spend a little bit of time on uh, how we've been able to uh, participate and work with our clients in that in that kind of environment. Um, Daniel, when you think about virtual environments or, or virtual events. What, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think there's a few different categories uh, to go through um, when I think they come to mind. I think, I think number one, you're going to start with your, con- your conference-style virtual event. So um, you go in, you're seeing keynote speakers speak, whether it's live or simulated live. You have the ability to connect with others. There's probably a, a, a vendor show or an expo portion of it. Um, from, and it's usually a large scale, so thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands of people, if it's really large, um, would be my first one. The second would be <clears throat> kind of corporate style events. So those would be typically those those breakouts or lunch and learns or just leadership conferences or other items that, that corporations would run where it's really cascade style breakout sessions uh, where you're meeting with you know 50 or 100 people at any time, limited uh keynote style talks, more breakouts, um, education-based, I'll say they're, they're probably more training focused than anything. <clears throat> and then the last type that we've seen a lot of is going to be campaigns. So um, those may just be promotional product launches or other things where you're really on a gamified journey um, through some, some virtual world um, to learn about something or get something across. For the purposes of our conversation, I think you broke them down really, really well. I think we call them a conference, an event, and a campaign. I think those are sort of the the three major buckets. Um, and a lot of it is who your audience is, ultimately. I think that's probably what you're looking at. If you're trying to meet with people that are maybe in the industry or outside of your organization, you're probably looking at that conference-style uh, approach. Uh, if you are meeting with people that are internal to your organization, that you're trying to deliver more, maybe more of an a company level strategic message, that's probably an event. Uh, and if you are looking more for that environment where 
whether it's your users or other users are able to congregate together, probably more self-paced. That's probably that campaign style event. Uh, we do see all three of those when we talk about uh, virtual campaigns or virtual conferences um, and some of the things that we're able to do uh, within our within our own platform that we work with today. Um, that's I, I think I would agree with you. That's where we tend to be. Um, when we think about virtual events, one of the things that I wanted to call out, and it, it'll be the kind of the meat and potatoes of what we talk about today, is virtual as opposed to live. Um, we've all probably attended some sort of a live event, whether it's, again, within our organization or for maybe an industry type of conference or a trade show. Um, when we think about live, you're, you're bound by the, the building you're in, the city you're in, the location you're going to. Um, all of those are real physical tangible features of your event. Um, you can do a lot within those spaces for signage and to set a theme and a style, but um, you are still, the room is the same size the room's going to be no matter what. When we think about virtual, uh, and maybe just to get your, your heads thinking in the right place as we, as we continue down our conversation today, remember that virtual is anything you want it to be. It's, it's the coding world of ones and zeros that you can turn into uh, that exact same building that you would go to in a live event. Um, if you need that feel of live or maybe it's a building you use all the time so you want you don't want to lose that you can absolutely recreate that in a virtual world but you're also not bound by that and we want that's really what we want to talk about when we talk about creativity in the virtual space today i think before we hop into that the one additional thing i'd like to add is and it, it wouldn't be a, a podcast if i didn't talk about this is we talked about three different styles of events and we're and we're going to talk about all the different creativity you can bring into them the core and main objective and the same question that we have when we're running or creating virtual worlds and virtual environments and events, campaigns, conferences um, for our clients is who, who's your audience? Who are you trying to reach? And what are the objectives of your event? Because virtual conferences, events, campaigns are, um, they can feel lonely at times. Um, they're very unique. They're very draining in terms of energy. I mean, going to a live event, being in person is draining and exhausting, but there's that connection of people that gives you that adrenaline rush and keeps you going. Um, virtual events can be exhausting. So if you add a lot of noise that doesn't provide value to your audience across those, um, it can get exhausting and tiring. It may not be as effective as it could be. So understanding your objectives, your KPIs for your event and, and kind of choosing the size applicable to that is really, really important to make sure you can get the maximum amount of the creativity. Yeah, virtual has the the beautiful aspect of it is that time doesn't have to be as important. Um, often when you have a physical event, you're, you get two days and so you're trying to get as much into it and that can be what makes it uh, a more tiring experience because you're just on the go so much. Uh, virtual doesn't have those bounds, but with that comes the potential that you start to drag it on and add too much um, that doesn't stay on point. So having clear objectives, I think will help you set a target, stay to that target, uh, and not add too much that ends up being, again, exhausting more on maybe duration than uh, the constant on the go of a live event. So we don't do this often, um, but today we wanted to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about our own product and within the bounds of the, the context of our conversation for sure, um, but we do wanna talk a little bit about uh, our virtual event platform Partially, yes, to do a shameless plug for our own product, for sure. Uh, but just as much because it is where we have spent the most time and so we have the most experience. So I think we want to do it within that frame of reference. Um, so our product, Terra, uh, that does virtual environment and live event support, um, we've been able to do 
um, some creative things with that. And when that's really what we want to talk about today. When we talk about branching out and thinking more creatively, um, we talked about uh, changing the box, right? So a kid gets a box for Christmas and that box can become a spaceship. That box can become a race car. It can become a fort or a castle. Um, it's never just the box that they're getting. And a lot of times that ends up being as much of a toy as whatever was in the box at the time they opened it. So we want to think about that. You're, when you talk about the cardboard box you're getting when you talk about your virtual event, how do you transform that into something that is creative, has energy, has theme and style that really engages your learner? Um, so as we've been able to work with our product and our clients to bring something to life, we've had some opportunities to do something that's really different. And we want to talk about a couple of those when we talk about changing the bounds of the environment itself that isn't just a convention center or a hotel lobby, a, a ballroom, um, going beyond that and, and embracing some ideas. And we just want to talk through that a little bit today, give you some ideas on ways you could probably do something similar in your future conference or event, um, and just give you some creative juice as you head into your, into your weekend. So um, one of the things that I think is great is that our, our clients have embraced the idea of being creative. Um, Dana, do you have a, like a favorite one we've done um, from a concept design? Um, or is there something maybe you want to emphasize as you look at some of the options we've done? I think oh, overall, um, they all have their different intrigue to me. Um, but what I've admired most is, and, and this is one of the things I think when, when Steven was on uh, with us about talking UI UX weeks and weeks and weeks ago now, um, at, in season one, we talked about, I guess, get, walking people down that garden path and, and making sure that the branding meets the, you know, the brand of an environment or a course or an e-learning or a training meets the actual branding of the company. And I think what, what I admire most is everything we've done to this date just delivers brand affinity from head to toe right off the bat. And, and I think if I had to highlight one and I'm going to go, you know, flip into my nerdy side a little bit, I think, I think our, you know, some of the superhero themes, uh, or theme that we've done, um, and how our creative team has been able to take the guides of, you know, a Marvel DC style, um, you know, a standard of what superheroes are um, and create, you know, make them their own and, and, and relate them to the, to the client partner we're working with. I think that was probably my favorite. I think there was just so much creativity. And, and, I, and what I love about it is when you put a concept like that in front of our creative team, just watching them go crazy about it. Um, and get really in the weeds and and probably spend more time on it than they than than the uh the project says they should but it's it's nice to see them dig in and i think that's the superhero theme is probably one of my favorites um that we did just because it was met so well too by the audience it was so creative and, and the feedback was fantastic yeah i i don't know if i can pick a a favorite per se i, I these tend to be the projects i spend a lot of time on recently and so they're all like a little bit of my children and i, I don't know if i can pick a favorite I, i'm probably biased in that uh, i did love um yeah we recently did one that was very superhero themed and, and but the world just to give you an idea of the creativity when we say superhero it doesn't mean we, we just painted a building with a few pictures and put up some kind of caped avenger kind of heroes um they actually the, the lobby, the, the place you came into in the event, when we talk about thinking differently about the space, was sort of a mocked up Gotham meets Metropolis cityscape. And you went to different buildings within in the city, and that was how you got around the event. So you didn't go into a traditional hotel lobby that had signage that says go right to the auditorium and go left to the event center. 
Um, there's a help desk that's literally a help desk. Um, in this case, the help desk was a building on the side, and within it was sort of this silvery, hulky type character. He even had a name, um, and you know, it, it was fun. Like it was an experience that was different, and and that's what I'm when we talk about the creativity and thinking differently, how you change the box. That's that's the stuff we love. So I loved that one because it was. Um, it was sort of a really cool embracing of it. Uh, we have another client we're working with currently that wanted the same kind of thought. They, their first thought was superheroes, um, but they didn't want to go in the same direction. So instead, we're, we're playing in a comic book shop. So instead of taking more of the movie experience, maybe the, the cityscape, uh, we're playing in a comic book. So think Big Bang Theory, um, The Simpsons with comic book guy, like that kind of uh mom and pop small comic book shop and the instead of booths which i think is really cool instead of a true expo hall they're thinking more like comic books on a shelf and every vendor in that show is going to get a comic book cover and you'll go into it which is just again thinking very differently around even just the arrangement of the way a traditional vendor hall might show up uh, i think that's a great way to kind of play with the space um, be creative and and the best part is once you sort of head down Daniel's garden path of taking these people on a walk, they start to get more and more excited and they start to come up with new ideas, right? And they're they're branching off of it. And you get some really fun dialogue around this um, that's really unique. And I love that part of this whole creative process uh, as you sort of build out. Scott, so I wanted to hop down uh, the path of discussing it live versus self-paced during these campaigns, events, conferences. But before I do that, I wanted to talk about you know, the comic book, the superhero theme and some things that we've done. And one of the things that I love that they create different than some of the shows that I know we've gone to that we've talked about is we hop into the environment and you know where, where you're going. I, I'm going to go to the hall to um, see that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the auditorium to watch the keynote. Um, I'm going to go to my schedule to, to look at what sessions are next. And the biggest thing that these these creative out of the box thinking events have done for us is put the, the attendee in a place where they have to explore where they want to explore. Um, and it makes them feel like they're part of an, part of the environment. They're navigating the environment. It's more immersive to them from a, um, their perspective. But like you said, the comic book shop, like I, I'm walking into a comic book store, a, a, a virtual comic book store, and and I want to look around from shelf to shelf because I don't know what's in there um, because it's not just standardized. And and I think that goes that relates well to the kind of what I wanted to ask you about live and self-paced is, I guess, when you're seeing these different types of conferences, events, campaigns, how do you feel um, live and self-paced Kind of work together all right so when i think about live and self-paced in our virtual environments and sort of ways that that can encourage navigation and exploration of the site um, the first thing i think is don't put everything in one location that's easily accessed uh, in the environment make people click around a little bit obviously you don't want to hide things from them but encourage them to click on different elements and and navigate in that way um, self-paced for me goes beyond just the content though. So I think when you think live, people are going to see it on their schedule. They're going to feel compelled to go to that because it's only happening at one time during your events or your conference. Um, but self-paced typically can happen over an extended period of time. Let people learn, let people engage when they want to. Uh, and when I think about, so you've got content, typically trainings, videos, documents you may want them to take. Um, they're going to be 
encouraged through that. Find ways to gamify and incentivize people, whether it's through points, leaderboards, badges, um, prize fulfillment, potentially, depending on what your conference is kind of going for. Again, thinking about your objectives, um, I would focus on that for like the content. But there can also be little moments of like seek and find games, find all the little shields or find the the squirrels off in the trees or however your, your event is sort of set up, give them opportunities to explore in that way too. click around, find elements that they can go uh, engage with. And maybe they go into a building or a space or a room, um, however you've chosen to set that up and just see what's going to be there. Some stuff you'll launch throughout your event as well. Um, but it gives them an opportunity to go, Oh, this is where the auditorium will be in here. So it's kind of set up. Here's where I'll go to breakout rooms. Here's how I'll go to the help desk. Um, and, and then go looking for those elements. And you can kind of encourage behaviors through that in the self-paced world uh, in a way that I think is really intriguing. Yeah, I think when I, when I think about all those different things, we've seen some different partners of ours look at the concept of scavenger hunts. Um, and even before virtual events, we had some uh, live events that we, using you know our application, they did some hybrid um, virtual and live scavenger hunts around the city or around the building they were in or whatever that may be. Um, but I think when you think of those concepts, it's just a way to engage people over a different period of time. And I think you mentioned it earlier, Scott, when you think about creativity is your typical events, you know, two days, three days, four days, um, with virtual, you have the ability to bring in different audiences at different times, um, allow the event to extend out over a 30 day period maybe having live just be a couple hours or an hour or 30 minutes a day and allow them to explore the event virtually over a longer period of time and allow them to compete and be gamified um, over an extended period um, and be engaged with that content over an extended period. So I think all of that um, blends into the creativity of, you know, this event doesn't have to be what you know. And I think the past 12 months have been a a, a great sign of we've talked about training and learning and development about no longer being what you knew um, or what you know, but being something new, um, evolving, adapting, innovating. And I think the way virtual conferences have gone events is the exact same thing is this isn't what you know. It's not, it's not your, your, your father's conference um, per se, but it's uh, it's different and energetic and you're able to go out on a limb and, and be different. And I think that's an exciting part of it. Um, and one of the things I'm most excited about with the creativity side of it. I think kind of add a little bit of a conclusion to this whole, you know, the segment we talk about virtual conferences, events, or campaigns. I, I think the main thing we want to get out of this is creativity is important. Innovation is important. And, you know, how you make your event different um, than what it would have been uh, in, when it was in person is important to, to keep your learner or your attendee engaged. And I think if you're choosing a virtual platform or your company or your, your process developing their own, making sure that it's one that doesn't put you in a box and make you, you know, work in a linear fashion in a traditional way is something I would recommend. Um, it doesn't mean you have to come to Haylight and, and purchase Terra, although, you know, I'm free for conversations anytime. Um, but the, the reality is, is find somewhere that allows you to be innovative, find something that allows you to be creative, um, and engage your attendees and your, um, employees or whoever may be attending that event. That way it's, it's memorable, it's different, and it allow people to explore and be intrigued by the content that they are consuming. Yeah. My last thought on that is very simply when we think about conferences, a lot of times 
the the fun of a live event is actually getting to go to a live event. Uh, and when you're trying to recreate the live experience by putting it into more traditional formats, you can sometimes set the stage that reminds people they're not there. When you think creatively, when you think differently, and you have a platform that allows you to do that, you let them realize that this is a different type of experience. And perhaps they put aside that sadness or that little moment of like, oh, I really wish I was somewhere warm during a cold month. Um, seeing something new or experiencing something live, they they get themselves immersed in that environment instead. And I think that might be a huge advantage in the world of virtual where um, you're making smart decisions for the safety and the well-being of your attendees, um, but you can give them sort of a fun environment that lets them still disconnect uh, a little bit and, and join directly into your world. We have uh, experienced some technical difficulties today, uh, and we'll see how they come together in the editing room. We have all the faith in Sabrina to pull this all together. So uh, if you find some glitches, uh, just know that uh, some internet issues are, are upon us. Um, but we're going to keep powering through. Uh, we want to bring you a little positivity on, a, on our show today, as we always do as we wrap up. Um, I will go first, uh, just in case the internet goes out. I want to get mine in. Um, so the boys played uh, their first tournament this last weekend, and it went really well. And I don't even want to speak about baseball. All I know is that it was incredibly cold uh, for baseball. Uh, as we finished up and the sun went down and the wind was blowing on Saturday, it was in the low 30s, and I was like a popsicle. And now uh, I'm in Florida uh, for the kids' spring break, and it is going to be about 80 degrees today, and I feel like I'm finally thawing out after a, a very cold weekend. So uh, positivity point is I'm, I'm spending a little time with the family in a warm location uh, and getting away uh, briefly, if nothing else, um, and things down here seem pretty quiet at the moment. So uh, we're, we're able to kind of just enjoy the space and um, not feel too crowded. So loving that part of this and just getting away for a little bit. My positivity point, whoa, my positivity point for this week, um, I kind of have two. They joined back together, but they also joined my positivity point last week. Um, first off, Monday was International Women's Day, um, and I wouldn't you know, be who I am today if it wasn't for my wife, so I wanted to bring that up. But also, um, I work with a ton of women who empower uh, me to be better every day, Sabrina being one of them and some others. So happy International Women's Day this week to everybody. But also this day has a new meaning for me, obviously having a daughter. Um, I want to, you know, raise a strong, independent um, young woman. So, you know, she's one, she's still a toddler, not a young woman yet. So, but uh, it just has a little bit of a different meaning. But on that note, um, I talked about our fundraiser that uh, the women's and men's soccer team at the University of Windsor were running uh, over the weekend. So, being International Women's Day on Monday, I was proud of of you know thirty young women who who ran over six hundred and fifty miles amongst each other. Uh, combined with the men's program, we we traveled over fifteen hundred miles, and the coaches we raised now uh, <coughs> over twenty thousand uh, dollars for the scholarship at the University of Windsor. Um, so this week is all about pride for me. I think what we did was amazing. It, it was great for our soccer programs. It was great for our university. Um, and it just showed what, you know, 60 athletes and coaches can do when they put their minds to it. Um, so my positivity point is, you know, if you, if there's a cause you have and you believe in it, uh, put in your energy to it because you can do great things and, and, uh, that, that far exceed what you think. So that's, uh, that's my positivity point for the day, Scott. Uh, I love that, uh, you, you came strong, um, with, with a very, uh, altruistic, you were, you were, you were 
shout out to women, which I think is very important. You shout out to doing good things for your school and your scholarships. I, my positivity was very selfish. I'm, I'm in the sun. So yeah, that makes me feel good, but all right, that's all right. Um, yeah, this is going to be a fun show. Uh, two seasons in, I feel like we're, we could almost call ourselves professional podcasters at this point. We'll see how well we muscled through some of our technical difficulties, but it was a fun conversation. It was meant to be uh, a little bit of just a side uh, note around some of the things you can do in the virtual space, not super learning heavy, but I think we hopefully talked about some things that make you think differently about ways to bring some of that content to life. Um, but ultimately it was, a, it was a fun conversation, a good, and something we have a lot of energy around. So um, that will do it for us today. I'm Scott Babcock. He's Daniel Mendonca, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the If You Build It, Will They Learn podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Join the conversation by emailing us at podcast at haylight.com. Find us on social media at Build It, Learn It, and be sure to check us out on the web at www.haylight.com. That's H-A-L-I-G-H-T dot com.